I'm Jessica Dorr, and you're listening to The Offering for June 2023. As fixated as I've been on the Grail legend these last years, I am troubled by the neat endings of its popular tellings. If you're new here or don't know the story, a young person named Percival sets out to fulfill his dream of becoming a knight and finds himself accidentally, synchronistically maybe, at the Grail Castle of all places, where a sacred treasure is being housed by a king with a terrible wound. Heeding the well-meaning advice of a mentor, Percival does not speak or ask questions about what he's witnessing. Not the grail, nor the wound, nor the bizarre white lance with fresh blood dripping from it. When he leaves the castle, Percival's told that his not asking was a horrible mistake. He tries to move on, but the shaming's ongoing. And as it's typically told, he does make his way back to the grail castle eventually, where he asks the right questions to cure the king's wound and restore the land. Most versions of the Grail legend follow the familiar arc of the well-known hero's journey. A brave individual follows a weird winding path, not without danger or folly, but always culminating in some manner of redemption or closure. When I think about my own relationship to closure specifically, I think of all the times I've grabbed for something sure in an uncertain time, and how often haste is followed up by a haunting, sometimes years long. I think of all the ghosts, the what-ifs, and the regrets that have come from the rush for something sure in a time when nothing's sure, or should be. As a result, I think I've grown to be protective of my big life questions, and of the quest for the things I don't know yet, and of the need that I have to be lost sometimes, without feeling nudged toward a prefixed idea of what's holy. And I'm grateful to have developed this different relationship with not knowing, which is often repressed or pushed away by the insistence on closure, which I'm using somewhat interchangeably here with certainty. I've been told all my life by stories not unlike the Grail legend, that closure was all I should want or could want. But a lot more is available. When asked in an interview about moments of weirdness in her life, theologian Catherine Keller said that, quote, The synchronicities that have meant the most to me have often been quite low-key, like bumping into just the right book at just the right moment to set me on what turns out to be the right path, end quote. I didn't quite bump into the Grail legend. It's one of those stories that's kind of everywhere you look once you know what it looks like. But I did bump into Chrétien de Troyes' telling of it, which I was shocked to find has a bizarre ending, one that elides closure, does not include the classic curing of the wound, and instead culminates with the uncertain imagery of forgiveness. Last summer, after a couple years reading other people's modern tellings of the Grail legend, I decided to read one of the original written versions of the story for myself, and I chose, perhaps unromantically, the one I was able to access immediately in full for free online, Percival by Chrétien de Troyes from the 12th century. It took me a while to get through, but I found the right time of day for reading it and ultimately had fun. I highlighted poetic language, strange moments other writers had left out of their tellings, and typed out a document with what I saw to be the juiciest details which I'd used to thicken the oral version of the story I've been learning to tell. And when I reached the end, eager to read de Troyes' telling of Percival's redemptive return to the Grail Castle, something strange and unexpected happened. Having been wandering for years alone in the forest at this point, lost in every way one can be, Percival meets a hermit who bears witness to his suffering. The shame of his mistake at the Grail Castle had taken the shape that shame sometimes takes as unending violence unto others. 
Percival confesses his sins, and through a days-long process the hermit grants him forgiveness. The hermit whispers in his ear the most sacred names for God, only to be spoken in the most terrible danger, and sends him on. And the story ends here. For all we know, if we let de Troyes tell it, Percival never does make it back to the Grail Castle. The last we hear, the king's wound remains, as do the consequences of that wound, which we're told include things like confusion among the people and fields gone fallow. When a story ends in an unexpected or different than typical place, it can have a radical effect on that story's meaning. If the story ends with Percival going through this process of forgiveness with the hermit, rather than making his way back to the scene of the crime and doing the perfect thing that yields the cure and the closure, a space is opened up from which new meaning might emerge. Meaning which could be supportive for those seeking a new kind of relationship with what's otherwise rejected or repressed by the impulse toward closure, like wandering, wondering, and uncertainty. Unsurprisingly, I loved Catherine Keller's statement about synchronicity as bumping into the right book at the right time. I was reading de Troyes' weird grail legend ending just as I was starting to work as a therapist for the first time since graduate school, and it did feel like the right time to start thinking a bit differently about wounds that don't heal, shame, forgiveness, and wandering. More recently, I bumped into Grace Jansen's book, Becoming Divine, by way of Shelley Rambo's Spirit and Trauma, which contains the perfect passage for anyone feeling protective of big questions when it seems the world is hurrying you to give them up or rushing you prematurely toward closure. Jansen writes that a demand for closure can be, quote, profoundly unhelpful, end quote, and that it's possible one who insists on closure, quote, deflects attention from threatening creative alternatives, end quote. If we are able to suspend our need for ultimate truth, closure, or certainty, quote, in the interest of allowing more scope to the creative imagination, such shifting of ground will involve a revisioning of truth itself and how it should be pursued, end quote. You're listening to the free monthly offering for June 2023. I make these offerings weekly in both text and audio format for those interested in making a contribution of as little as $5 a month or $50 a year. Paying subscribers get access to the archive of weekly offerings dating back to July 2021. If you're interested in signing up or upgrading your existing subscription, you can do so by hitting the subscribe button in the body of this post. As always, liking and sharing is a great way to support the effort as well. This recording was engineered by Lee Clark, and the music is by Lee Clark. The intro is called Evaporate, featuring Kingsley Ibaniche. You can listen to Evaporate in full and more of Lee's music wherever you stream or at the links in this post. Thank you, as always, for being here, and we'll see you next time.